Welcome to The Marketer's Journey, a podcast that delivers real conversations and fresh perspectives from senior marketing executives who share the journey they've taken and the buyer journey they create. And now here's your host, Randy Frisch. Welcome to The Marketer's Journey. I'm Randy, and today I've got a great guest, Samantha Goldman, the VP of Marketing at Breather is joining me. Now, if you don't know Breather, it's a very semi-topical, I guess you could argue, company today because they help you find places to go work. So as you can imagine, our conversation is really interesting today in the climate we're in, where we're debating where we work. Do we get out of our house? How do we adjust? And she's really had to navigate a path through a ton of strategy. And I think that's one way I'll describe Samantha is she's really that marketing strategist. And we hit on that in a number of different ways. In the first part of our chat today, we talk about finding that right organization who wants to hire a marketing strategy leader versus someone who's gonna get into the weeds and be very tactical when that's not necessarily what you may need. The second part of our conversation kind of expands on that and we get into this idea of how do you adapt? How do you find the needs in the market and how do you mobilize your product team, your content team to really deliver the right type of messaging to the market? And as you can imagine with Breather, they've definitely had to adapt and Samantha outlines the recipe for them doing that. Today's podcast is going to be great for people who are trying to think about adapting their go-to-market strategy in these unprecedented times. Without further ado, here's my chat with Samantha Gold. Hey, Samantha, thanks so much for finding time to join us today to talk about the way your career has taken off. And you are the VP of marketing today at Breather, which is a very interesting job in general, but let alone in 2020. Uh, Maybe talk to us about how you found yourself into this role. Yeah, first of all, thanks so much for having me here. I'm excited to be on the podcast. have seen a lot of my mentors have been on it in the past, so it's exciting to be on it as well. So Breather is a commercial real estate company. We provide um, space for people to work out of. Um, And so, you know, it's space made simple. You can book space by the hour on demand um, through the app or our website. And then we do a monthly all-inclusive office space for any teams, basically anywhere from 10 to 100. And so I recently started at Breather. Actually, it's not so recent anymore, but time has flown in uh, 2020. I started at Breather in uh, January and came here from Lyft, where I uh, led all of business marketing. Um, And then prior to that, I was at a small health tech company called Castlight Health. Prior to that, was in the world of financial services, actually. So uh, I think, you know, Castlight and getting into healthcare was my first foray into the tech uh, world. Gotcha. So I want to kind of take a look at the roles that you've been in the last, you know, five years or so, you know, maybe even focused now and and Lyft. I mean, I I normally would say kind of the Uber economy, but perhaps I should say the Lyft economy that you found yourself (laughs) in where where people can get what they want and self-serve to find it. You know, what is it about that as a career that enticed you to maybe start specializing there? Yeah, and I'd say even before um, Lyft, just that that idea of creating access. So whether in financial services, it's giving somebody access to credit 
so that they can make big purchase decisions that they're looking to do so they can live their life. Whether at Castlight, it's getting them access to the right healthcare for their needs, Lyft, access to transportation, and now breather access to meeting space, right? Access to office space and being able to have a productive space to work out of. And so for me, I think that's what technology does for us. Technology opens doors and creates that access. The industries have all been pretty different that I've been in. Being in a role where I am opening doors and creating access has been um, kind of my specialty, I guess. I like that. I like the way of framing that and, and having a focus for your career. You know, one of the interesting things you told me is this is your first time now at Breather as part of the official executive team, yep. which is a big jump and an exciting stage as you talk about other mentors who you've watched and guided you to this place. But I, I'm interested in, in your the opportunity that, that you got at Lyft because you were, you know, head of marketing, but on the Lyft side, and you kind of described that to me as a a business within a business. How did that work? And what did how did that prep you for the role you're in today? Yeah. So when I joined Lyft, we were, I think I was employee like 1200 or something like that. That was back in middle of 2017. Um, and over the two and a half years that I was there, when I left, we had about 6,000 employees, right? Wow. With the, On the Lyft business side, we were about 100 employees and I think about 250, 300 by the time I joined. We were, you know, single digits from a revenue perspective or bookings perspective to about 20% uh, when I left. A mentor of mine, when I was even just considering the role and the opportunity, because it wasn't the perfect opportunity, it wasn't exactly what I was looking at for my next role, said, you know, when there's a rocket ship, you get on the rocket ship, even if it's not the perfect role for you. You, you get in there and you will make the best out of that role and you'll create more opportunities for yourself as you go. And that's what I did at Lyft. So initially when I started there, um, my team was me and one other person. Within 18 months, I had uh, an events person who's phenomenal um, and you know helped her with her career while she was there as well. But going from a team of one to in 18 months, probably 20 p- people it was a crazy time, but you know, you learn how to build and scale a team. It's the best education you can get in marketing. Obviously, everyone has a different experience. Yours, you got to learn within this infrastructure of potentially having other leaders in, in other areas of, of Lyft. How do you advise people on your team in terms of getting on that rocket ship? You know, do you advise them? you know, to find the early stage startup that's a rocket ship? Do you believe that it's more about finding a, a more structured yeah. company You've been with companies like Citibank that provide a lot of structure? How do you think about the best way to learn? Yeah, when I'm mentoring people, it's always about what are you trying to find at this point in your career? So are you trying to become an expert in one area of marketing? Are you trying to manage people? What, what do you want to get out of it? And what can that company give to you? It's really helping them identify their need versus just, you know, what the company has to offer. If that makes sense. Absolutely does. I'm, I'm curious, though, when you look at your career again, because if, if someone were to look you up on LinkedIn, it's, it's amazing the seniority in which you found yourself in. But I don't think it's necessarily from a ton of like in the weeds marketing experience. Yeah. Earlier on. It's more a broader you know, view of business strategy. I know, I know you had some consulting gigs. How did yeah. that help shape you and determine where you were going to focus? Yeah, it's a great question. I'd say, you know, for me early on, I looked for roles and for marketing leaders and for leaders within companies that 
saw marketing as a strategic partner within the company versus seeing marketing as the tactical support function. And so throughout my career, it's been finding those leaders who don't just see marketing as we're going to make a PowerPoint look pretty, but see marketing as driving that company's strategy, see marketing as the team that really understands and can shape the market, understands the customers, the end users can actually create that unique point of view. And, and so it's been, you know, not just happening upon companies, but choosing companies where you're truly seeing that they value marketing and value the role uh, that that marketers can provide. So I feel like everyone knows this next question that is coming. You've kind of lined it up. Uh, how do you determine in the interview process whether a company values marketing the way you want it to be valued? I mean, that's yeah, yeah. You know, everyone says you know marketing. We need marketing, or we you know we want to upgrade our marketing. We got a killer marketing machine. How do you know if that's legitimate? Yeah, so you know, I'll give you a few examples. Um, you know, I was talking to one when I was looking for my, my breather role. I obviously spoke to a lot of different founders. I knew at that point that I wanted to join an earlier stage company. Both Castlight IPO'd four months after I joined. Lyft IPO'd about a year, year and year and a few months after I joined. And so I wanted now to be in a role where. I can actually build that brand and work really closely with the CEO to, to get us and scale and get us to that next level. And so I started, I was talking with a bunch of co-founders and, and CEOs. And the moment they would start to talk about how they needed deck support, when, you know, the question I always ask is, what do you see as the role of marketing? And what are the biggest pain points right now in the marketing function or what what's the first thing you need marketing to really support you on or to really drive within the organization? And the moment they start talking tactics, that's the red flag to me. Uh, mm, nope, this company, they, they are, this founder does not value marketing or, or they may, but they're not looking for somebody at my level right now. And so I've actually been advising a few companies who um, don't need a VP, don't need a CMO right now, right? They're, they're too early for that. What they actually need is a doer. They need they need some great sure. consultants who they're going to work with, but they need somebody who's going to do the tactics right now um, because that co-founder isn't ready to um, to take a t take a step back, and they're not ready. They don't have that product market fit yet. Absolutely, I, I think we, we all know the type of of conversations you're talking about, and you know sometimes that's as you're hitting on it's it's the ability to let go of it. Sometimes it's the ability to prioritize it, you know, depending on, on what yeah. type of rocket ship it's been for that business to date. Samantha, this has been great. We're going to keep going here. We're going to take a short break, though, and we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, what it means in 2020 to be in a company like Breather. We'll be right back after this break on The Marketer's Journey. Want to improve the buyer journey for your customers and your prospects? Look no further than our presenting sponsor, Uberflip. Named a leader in content experience by G2 and a leader in content activation by Forrester, Uberflip will help you accelerate every buyer journey by creating bingeable experiences that will allow your prospects to consume more content faster. Companies like Trimble, Wiley, and 3M are using Uberflip to power their go-to-market strategies, and we created one just for you. Head to uberflip.com journey to see how Uberflip can help you leverage the power of personalized content experiences. 
go a little bit deeper on this question that we just uncovered on how do you figure out if it's the right fit for you? Whether you're going for that VP role or you're looking for the next role in your career, how do you understand if there's alignment in terms of what you want to do or where you can add the most value and what that company's actually hiring for? Now, Samantha talks about talking to the CEO, finding what's on their radar. I couldn't agree more, but I think you got to go beyond that. I think you have to talk to different members of the organization. Don't hesitate just because you're interviewing for a marketing role to focus on interviewing with just marketing people. Demand an opportunity to chat with members of the sales team. Demand an opportunity these days with a focus on retention to talk to people on the customer success side. Understand what they'll be relying on from you because it's important to understand not just what the CEO has vision, but how and whether you'll be embraced by the rest of the organization. All right, Samantha, so really interesting career that you've had. And right now you're at a company, we usually talk about the buyer journey, but I wanna talk about how you're enabling the buyer journey by keeping your team connected. And we are living through, as we all know, unprecedented times. We all know the challenges. How do you wrap your head around that at a company like Breather? Yes, it's interesting, right? Because Breather, we want everyone to come into our spaces. We want people to be using our offices, to be using our meeting spaces. And so just like everybody else, we went fully remote um, as cities were shut down. But we've also had to be identify new use cases and test out those use cases ourselves. So as an example, you know, one of the main use cases uh, for our product was offsites. Nobody is having offsites any longer, right? They're actually, there's a new term, they're having onsites now. They're actually going back to their office and bringing their teams together there. And so we've been having to identify uh, new use cases, even just within our own team for how to bring people back together in a safe manner versus working fully remote. So now we, you know, we've gone through since March, shutting down all of our offices to now we have the offices, um, open with a certain number of people that can come in today, come in each day after doing health checks. But for us, it actually hasn't been as much of a challenge because we've always had multiple offices. Um, We kind of go with the hub and spoke model from an office standpoint where we have our main headquarters is in New York. We have a smaller headquarters in Montreal where our tech team and customer support teams are. And then we have in, in different markets like London and San Francisco, We have smaller offices where we have sales and uh, operations support there. So we've always been this disparate workforce. Um, And so, you know, we've used technology um, to collaborate. You know, we use the Google suite. We have become really good at Slack, especially over the last few months. And then we are ready, you know, for all hands and company meetings. We're pretty active users of different types of technology to make sure everybody could see and hear and feel like they were together. So from the remote aspect, I feel like our team has actually adjusted pretty well. And then we're now starting to bring everyone back together. So encouraging leaders to get a breather, right? So bring your team together, get a space large enough. All of our spaces are cleaned um, and sanitized, disinfected in between every visit getting teams to bring their teams together to get that quarterly planning session going. 
um, where you're, you know, wearing masks in the office with each other, but you're renting a space or getting a space that's twice the size you, you normally would so that everyone can be there in a safe manner. So there's two areas that I'm very curious about. One is how you're you're planning this from a content perspective to your prospects, because a lot of new challenges that people yeah. are dealing with. We'll, we'll park that one for now. We'll kind of leave that as the cliffhanger on this episode. But maybe I just want to you know, go back to that internal morale that you're you're trying to sustain through this. And as you hit on, you know, you've got these, you know, dispersed teams, you've got those challenges before, but before we would travel to each other's offices very often. We would all meet in New York or meet in, you know, London. How maybe give us an example of a piece of technology and then as well, you know, just a strategy more yeah. so that you're using to keep morale up. I'd say it's finding the things in your culture that you were already doing and figuring out the way to do those virtually, right? So we had already done like pub nights or trivia nights. And now that's all we have, you know, trivia where we all come together as a company where it might have just been like a smaller group of people doing it. Now it's, it's we're all doing it. We're on Zoom. We've, you know, Zoom actually with the way that you can break up into smaller rooms and things like that has really enabled that, you know, different groups to come together. We create, uh, we create teams uh, for trivia and uh, the culture committee, you know, creates uh, questions. We had one that was uh, everyone on the exec team had to take a picture of their fridge and uh, employees had to, had to guess which fridge belonged to who. Um so fun things like that, where you're letting people, I'd say, into your life a little bit more than you might have pre-COVID, just because we are so, you know, physically far apart from each other. But yeah, I think it's finding the aspects of, of your culture that you can make virtual. Another thing, you know, we have our product leader is huge into natural wine. And so we're actually planning a virtual wine tasting. We're going to have people who feel comfortable coming into the office come into the office and only limit that to a number, you know, that the office can can hold safely with COVID protocol and make sure everyone, you know, takes a screener before coming in. It will be televised, I guess, on Zoom. So right. people can remote in and get their own wine um, as part of it as well to do the tasting. So I think, right. and I think that's something that we're going to start to see more, especially as we're in this in-between time where you know some people are going to feel comfortable coming into the office right and they're going to want to get out of their house get away from the children um get away from their partners or get away from their roommates and get back to the office while others aren't going to be ready to do that and so i think the next phase as we go into q4 and probably q1 of next year is going to be more of this we've all gone to virtual how do we do both how do right. we now go back to a place where you have half you know a portion of your team is in person but a portion is sitting at home remote. And so I think that's the new challenge that we're all going to face. It's a great point. And uh, I'm, I'm loving that fridge game. We, we've been playing Family Feud as, a, as an office, but you know, the fridge game may have Family Feud beat. Um, <laughs> you know, as you talk about these different internal stakeholders who have different per, uh, preferences, some want to work from home and, and trying to find a way to appease both, how does that translate it into your marketing communication strategy and the content that you're creating and how you're positioning that given that every business is taking a slightly different approach sometimes yeah. by region it's different as you said you're you're a global organization how is that weighing into 
how you personalize for the different buyer perspectives? Yeah, so I'd say one thing on the from like the different regions, we've been playing really close attention to what the sense is in each of those markets, right? New York right now is very different from San Francisco. And so we can't market to an audience in San Francisco or even London. They, London was re- doing well and now has shot back down and is closing back up. Um, and so we, my team has been really listening, right? Listening to customers, understanding what the sense is and what's happening in each of our markets. And we're not marketing to all markets right now. And the way we market to each market, sorry to use that market word uh, multiple times, um, is very different, right? So New York, people are, the, the use case there is, as I've been talking more about, is bringing your small team together, right? Your team's been away um, from each other for almost three quarters now and wanting to bring a small team together in a safe way. Breather's a perfect option for that. San Francisco is more about you want to get out of your house. You need a safe place to go to because you can't work where in, in a room and do all your sales calls uh, with your roommates listening to you. And so you need personal space. And so it's really about finding and understanding uh, who our customers are in each market um, and, mar- and in a marketing in a personalized way. And then on the other side, it's been finding completely new use cases. So School pods is actually a really interesting one that we're, my team's diving into right now, right? Um, like, for example, in New York, public schools are all virtual because they don't have enough space um, to have everybody in there. I think they have to have 35 square feet per person or something like that per student. And so we've actually been talking to school authorities and to different startups that have popped up who are creating um, school pods and using our spaces as classrooms. So it's even, you know, finding a totally new customer who needs our core product and, and marketing to them. So just a quick question there, maybe maybe to wrap this up, is as people listening try and figure out, okay, who's got to own this in their company? A lot of our businesses have had to evolve, transition through this period. Yeah. Is a lot of what you're describing again led as, you know, to our beginning of our conversation around the strategy that you're setting. Or are you empowering members of more product marketing versus content marketing to, to think about how you position? Yeah, I'd say um, it's the marketing team partnering with the sales team um, to really understand the pulse of the market. Um, but you know, one of the things that is really critical and, and important to me, um, and I know to many marketers, and we discussed it before, is that marketing has that seat at the table. Uh, so marketing is shaping is you know sees it as their team and responsibility to understand and shape the market the customers the end users marketing you know understands and can create that unique point of view to help influence their beliefs and behaviors and so you know it it trickles down so product marketing may create um you know work with sales to better understand what they're hearing and, and doing some external research themselves and then they're building out a brief that content marketing is then building um, different um, strategies around as well. So I think it, it's a full team approach, but I think even more so it's a company approach. And it's, you know, the p- product sales and marketing working together to identify the new use cases, because if you don't have those three legs all running in the same direction, 
nothing's going to get done, right? There's different product things that need to change if for the school pods. Sales needs to understand who this new customer is and what their needs are and how to go about selling to a new customer. And marketing needs to get out in front of them to create awareness that we even have this offering. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, listen, that was definitely not a, a softball question. You still hit it out of the park. <laughs> so, uh, thank you for that. Thank you for everything that you've left us with on this podcast. We're going to keep you around, though, just for another minute. We want to get to know a little bit behind the scenes for you. Uh, and we'll be right back here on The Marketer's Journey with Samantha Golden. So the reality that Samantha is uncovering is one that a lot of us are facing. We have to adapt. We have to change the way we go to market our products, our marketing, our messaging. It all may have to adapt to be relevant in these times. And the tricky part is understanding who's going to lead that. I think in chatting with Samantha today, this uncovers the importance of having a truly strategic marketing leader. Someone like her, how she describes that focus to be able to look at the business as a whole and figure out what we need to do. From there, though, as she uncovers, we really need to mobilize our teams. We need to be able to say to product marketing to work with the right people, for content to work with the product marketers to understand how we adapt. I think too many of us right now are sitting here waiting for someone to step up, someone to realize this is the shift. Is it a content shift? Is it a product shift? The reality in many cases, it's a shift coming from different parts of our business. We need to work collaboratively to get through that. I think Samantha has the recipe, as you heard, for how to start to mobilize your team. All right, Samantha, we have unpacked your career. We've talked a little bit about the challenges of the world that we're in right now. One of the other challenges we have, maybe more so in this world, is taking a break for ourselves. We're so connected now more than ever to work because we often work from home. How do you make it a priority to get downtime? Yeah, it's incredibly critical during this time. And I think as leaders, it's critical that we not only take the downtime, but we make sure that our teams are, are doing the same. Um, I will say I did not listen to myself and listen to my own advice earlier this year. You know, I actually got sick with COVID and tried to work through it um, and, you know, tried to power through and it, it got me and it took me longer to recover because of that and created a lot more stress for me. And I think it's really taught me you need to listen to yourself and you need to listen to how you're feeling and your body and you need to be comfortable just um, saying, I, I need to take a break. You know, I actually had a really tough few weeks that work's been rough, personal things have been rough. And I'm actually calling you from a break that I took right now. I'm out in New Hampshire to go long <laughs> weekend um, and, you know, drove, out, drove up north uh, to get some fresh air. And I think it's just that you have to have the relationship with your manager. And if you don't, you need to be find somebody that you're comfortable talking to so that you can take that break. You need to be your own advocate. You need to step up and you need to say when you need to take a break, because nobody's going to force you to take one. If you're, if you're fortunate to have a manager who does, maybe they will, but you got to be your own advocate and you need to step up and say, you know what, I need to take a few days off. I need a breather. That's what I do. I encourage my team to uh, take breaks. Uh, we actually did a whole uh, content series on, on taking a breather and when you uh, know that you need to take a breather. 
Um, so we're trying to, you know, use our own, the same things that we're putting out there, uh, you know, use it ourselves. That's great. And yeah, nice little tie into the brand name at the same time. So, <laughs> nice little marketing play. Uh, this has been so much fun, Samantha. Thank you so much for sharing with us. I think we all took a lot away from the path you've had, the journey you've taken. If you're listening into this podcast for the first time, check out some of the other great episodes we have. Samantha talked about hearing some of her mentors over the years that we've had amazing guests check out the one that most mirrors where you're going or create your own journey. Until next time, thanks so much for tuning in. You've been listening to the Marketer's Journey podcast. Big thanks to our sponsors at Uberflip, who help you fuel demand generation with content for an accelerated buyer journey. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify at uberflip.com slash podcast or anywhere you listen to podcasts. 